Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Grand Champ. This is number 12. I wrote down 11 and as I looked at that 11 I was like whoa whoa whoa. No this is 12. I don't need two 11s out there. And uh, I am so excited to have this guy on the show today. It's something that has been out there for a while but I just started using it myself and I'm loving it. Uh, it is completed GG completed calculated dot gg it's it's a rough start for me this saturday afternoon i guess but i'm just gonna let him talk since i'm such a mess sai thank you so much for uh joining me on the podcast oh thanks for having me definitely uh so tell me how long has calculated dot gg been a project for you and uh what made you decide to get it started Sure. So uh, we actually, well, me and two of my close friends uh, started it. We started working on it in May of 2018. Um, it was something that we worked on for around four or five months. Uh, we ended up releasing it in September of 2018. Um, so it just became about a year old. Uh, we decided to work on it um, because we were working in the RLBot community. Um, shout out to them. They're actually really awesome. If you're into programming, um, and you want to, you know, learn to program by coding a bot. That's a really good start. So we were all part of the RLBot community, um, and we wanted to do a reinforcement learning bot. Um, so if anyone doesn't know, reinforcement learning is uh, what OpenAI 5 and a couple other of these um, more recent AI developments uh, utilizes, and it allows you to train a bot without really having to do a lot of work yourself. The computer has to do a lot of work. It, it learns by self-play. So we wanted to do that, but for Rocket League, um, it was a little bit of a stretch for you know a small team of three people with no funding, but uh, we wanted to give it a <laughs> shot anyway because it was something really interesting. Uh, people have been doing hard-coded bots for a while and wanted to make something like you know completely new and maybe learn something along the way. And what happened was uh, we started that in 2017 and realized, okay, we're a little bit over our head with this. So we decided to do something like... Um, more of a distributed approach. So we wanted to have people run the bot on their computer and then send the data to us to do the training. Um, so what happened was I ended up coding a server where people could upload, um, well, the, the bot would upload its data to it. And then we were like, huh, maybe it would be neat if you can like, you know, we heard about Rocket League replays and we're like, well, if we have this ability to upload data already, why don't we, you know, try to do something with the data? Because Rocket League replays, um, while it was great, because it was, you know, the pre- the precursor to all these replay sites nowadays. Um, it only really showed the score and you know a, a few little details about the replay. It didn't give you anything like any insight. Um, and then one of my developers, um, my you know my, my friends was working on stats. Uh, he had been doing stats for esports for years. I mean he he was doing it since the first season of RLCS, kind of as a hobby. We're like hey, wait, maybe we can combine these two. Like we kind of know what we're doing. Um, so. We switched those together, um, really grinded, oh my goodness, the the commit graph, like the code graph for the, those five months looks insane because of how much work we were putting into it. Uh, and so we start, yeah, so we basically brought it from the ground up in four months. Holy cow. Yeah. And you work full time, right? Um, so I'm actually a student. Oh, okay. Uh, no, 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 you're not wrong. So, um, so my school, I go to Northeastern uh, University in Boston. Um, All right. And my school does uh, like a, you know, pseudo internship sort of thing where you work full time for six months instead of three. So I'm actually currently working full time in Seattle right now. But um, yeah, no, I am. I am. Yeah, you're technically correct. <laughs> and still in school. Yeah. So I will be Got finishing it. up my fifth year, which is um, I'm getting a combined master's and bachelor's um, in the spring. So I'll graduate in April and then work full time after that. Got it. Very good. Yeah. <clears throat> before we get into the Rocket League port, I mean, it's all Rocket League, right? But before <laughs> we get into actually talking about Rocket League, anybody out there listening that has not checked out this website, I just want to give an extremely strong recommendation uh, that you start uploading stuff to this website. Uh, it, Bacchus Mod makes it extremely easy. It's literally just one click and it starts happening. Um, and the way all of the different things that you guys break down, like I love numbers uh, and the numbers that you guys throw out so fast for all of these games is just insane. Like I love looking at all of it. 
I'm and, glad to hear uh, that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, what are what are some of your favorite things or insights that you've seen uh, from the website uh, in your own play? Um, I'm going to be a little biased because I worked on this myself. Um, but the the rank predictions is really popular. Um, and it's popular because it's really not going to be accurate. It's a like a one game snapshot of someone playing and the, the machine tries to figure out what rank you are. Um, mm-hmm. But it leads to some like hilarious hijinks where you'll be playing with a couple of your friends and it'll predict them like in, in a single game because people love confirmation bias. It'll predict them in a single game to be like multiple ranks below because they, you know, they played slow and they just had an off game. And so, you can you know, shove it in their face like, haha, like, the, you know, the computer thought you were bad. Uh, so that's my that's my personal favorite in terms of just, you know, for fun. But insight wise, um, I used it. So I'll get into it more, but I used to play competitively for my school and we would use um, the insights as like a, a bonus when we were working with our coach to figure out, mm-hmm. you know, what went wrong during a game. Um, and, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's not as good as the insights of a coach when they can, you know, look at the teamwork because, you know, numbers only say so much, but it was definitely helpful when we were looking at um, in the beginning when we were like working on, you know, making sure we're not wasting our boost because that was a big thing that you know we were we were moving up from diamond like basically diamond at the time um and it was you know these huge mistakes that you don't realize you're doing but stuff like that it's hard to see during a replay if you're you know just looking at it yourself if you don't have a trained eye but um having the numbers there to you know objectively back it up was really helpful so yeah i think i mean just being able to look at all of this uh and at first, it can be a little overwhelming just because there are a lot of numbers and graphs and different things to look at. But I think if you take the time to really understand what it's giving you and try to reflect on what that means in terms of how you're playing, it really can be beneficial. Like the like, I really enjoy looking at the efficiency page um, and just looking at like useful hits. Like, I think that's very interesting because, you know, you can hit the ball over and over and over in the game of Rocket League, but um, if you're not doing anything with those touches, which is something that I'm personally thinking about a lot, then, you know, that is something that you can look at. Um, You know, like, oh, and I don't think it ever says like how many times you touch the ball, but in terms of, just saying, okay, so my efficiency, like my the percentage of or number of useful hits was just bad or low. Um, yep. Or yes. like turnover efficiency. That might be like, that's another good one to look at as well. So I think something neat that comes with some of those. So there's like the basic stats that we call them. And then we have the like the derived, which is like useful hits because it uses multiple things at once. Some mm-hmm. of the, the neat stuff about that is you can actually, um, there's a separate page for this, but you can see the... Um, over the ranks what those stats look like um and so this was something that um again one of my friends the esports guy did um uh he looked at the you know the essentially the useful hits before that page existed looked at it over the ranks and he was able to kind of predict the rank based on like percentage of useful hits like it's it's a really it's a pretty straight like maybe not linear but pretty close to linear um going up as the ranks increase so even stuff like that it's it's interesting to look at a graph like that and say, you know what, maybe I should start working on making my hits do something useful instead of, you know, just, you know, knocking it down field. Like a clear, they give you 20 points in game or whatever, but that's, and it, it can be helpful, sure. But if you're not, you know, getting assists or scoring or saves or anything like that, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not really important. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, definitely agree with you on that one. All right. Uh, let's hip hop. Hip. Oh, wow. Hippity hop. All right. Yeah, let's hippity hop into talking about some Rocket League. So <laughs> tell me a little bit about where you are with your Rocket League game. Um, okay, so uh, rank-wise, um, recently I've been really pouring myself into Calculated, so I haven't been playing as much as I'd like to. Uh, so I'm right on the edge of G- low GC right now. I'd say I'm like, right now I'm like 14-something in high 1400s, 1500 in and threes um and that was yeah season 12 i have like most of my rewards uh but i haven't really had time to play as much as i'd like to um but previously i think my peak was season 11 so last season 
um, I was around like 1600. So low, again, still kind of low GC, but um, that's the highest I've ever been. <laughs> I mean, that's solidly GC though. Like yeah. you could go on a losing streak and still be GC. Yeah, which was, which is nice. Cause it was always, I was most of my career in terms of competitive uh, career, it was, um, if there, if you wouldn't want to call it a career in the first place, but, uh, <laughs> it, it was basically on the edge of GC the entire time, which is just, you know, not a good feeling. It's like when you're, you're on, you know, you're on the edge of whatever rank you are, you, you can't lose more than three games or else you lose it. And it's like, okay, well, uh, it's a little disheartening when that happens. So, so as somebody that doesn't have as much time to play as they maybe would like to, or, uh, want to. Do you feel like it's mostly rust that keeps you from being able to get to a little bit higher? Or is it that other people that are in the rank are getting better? That's or maybe a combination of both. Yeah, so that's an interesting question because I actually think to myself when I do get a chance to play, like, what's going on? Because I'm like, wow, like, I feel like I'm playing. I, I feel like some of it's rust. Um, but as I'm playing, I'm like, you know, warming up and I'm like getting back into whatever form I'm in. I'm like, wow, this is you know, this low of a rank, like I am playing at this level, like what happened? But you, you kind of, as you like, you know, wait multiple months, people will improve. I mean, it's just, everyone's looking to get better. And especially at like the, the higher levels, um, people are putting way more time in. So you get this, you know, they're just, the skill level just shifts upward. Um, and it happens every season too. You can see it with the rank distribution. Um, every, every season people complain about the GC, too many people getting GC. Uh, it's the same sort of thing. People just, you know, grinding to improve. And so if you don't continue that grind, you're falling behind. And I've definitely seen it happen. I mean, the the skill level that I, I saw at like, um, again, like at 1600 last season is definitely shifting down to 1500. And I think it, it also, I would say, depends on the time of, se- time of the, like time of the season. So if it's in the beginning or the end, um, in the beginning, everybody's, that like the 2000 MMR pros are down at 1400 with you so you know you know it's absolute chaos but um, as time goes on people kind of shift upwards and it makes it a little easier so there's a lot of factors but um, I would say a lot of it's just people getting better I mean if you don't have time to like I I, I played probably about 800 hours in like six months um, if I don't put that much time in it's gonna you know eventually catch up to me mm-hmm what would you say are some of the weakest points like when you think about needing to improve or like if you were able to sit down and actually practice something, what would you say like is the first thing that you would want to put time into? I mean, I'm absolutely horrible with mechanics. Um, I don't think, I think I hit my first ceiling shot in GC. Um, and I would, if I had a, a, a ton of time and like the mental capacity to do it, I would just grind mechanics. Um, because part of that is, um, just straight up mechanics. And the other part of it is confidence, I'd say. Um, I think what I, I used to play, again, like I said, I used to play on a team and I was always the like reliable third man who just didn't have the mechanics to really be a striker or, you know, nowadays a cherry picker. Um, and so <laughs> what would happen is I would just leave the scoring up to, you know, the two other guys that were just way better mechanically than me. And what happened there was I got this mentality of, okay, well, my mechanics might not be good, but at least I can be reliable. But that also meant that I was not confident in going for things that I should have done. Um, and it kind of carries over into my gameplay even now. Now that I'm more rusty, I still have that mindset of, well, I'm not a really mechanical player, so I should just work on like you know making sure I'm in the right position. But what happens is then, you know, a lot of what makes a player good is them going for challenges and like in a fast manner and winning them. And if you're not going for challenges, you're not really playing well. So it, I'd say for, for me, I think the mechanics and the confidence would be a big thing. So I'm, I'm interested because you're talking about mechanics, but then you said something about not going for things you're not comfortable with. Do you mean like, can you expand on that a little bit? Like, what do you mean when you say things you're not comfortable with? Sure. So like, um, you know, if, if, a, if, you know, if the ball is really high up, um, it's going to be, and it's going pretty fast, like over your head, it's a lot mechanically to be able to jump up and make sure that you hit that ball. If you miss, it's going to mm. be a pretty big miss. And that's a mechanical thing. You can, your position could be better maybe, but, um, in that situation, it comes down to mechanics. And I think 
when I'm like in that situation, I'm like, well, I don't think I have this ball. Like I, even if I went for it, which most of the time, if I did go for it, I probably would hit it. Um, it's just the, it's the thought that, you know, if I miss this is a bigger deal, but what happens is I, sh- you know, in that situation, I probably should be going no matter what, maybe my teammates behind or whatever, but it's that like sense of doubt um, that comes from, again, not really working and developing your mechanics. It's kind of a weird, it's a weird mix for me because I, again, I worked on my positioning so hard that um, this is just a really lacking area in my play style. Mm-hmm. So you would say you have gotten to where you are purely on the back of positioning, decision-making. Yeah. I'd like to think that I, uh, I have decent game sense, um, and positioning. I, I mean, I can't say that I, you know, you can't say you don't make any mistakes because I make a ton of mistakes, but, um, I think that in terms of skill level, yeah, that's where most of it comes from. I mean, you make GC level mistakes, right? Everybody makes mistakes from bronze, all the way up to the RLCS, like mistakes happen, but the quality, which is kind of a funny way to say it, but like the quality of those mistakes and uh, how you recuperate from those mistakes and like what they lead to are very different. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely see myself making mistakes in like every, in the, in everyday games and um, you know, you try to learn from them. So I'll be like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or what is the better decision there? Um, or occasionally I'll catch myself like, you know, jumping over a teammate or something stupid. But, um, yeah, I would say, I mean, I hope they're like high level mistakes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, certainly, I am, yeah. yeah, higher, higher than where I'm. So like when you, what is a mistake or like a fault in your decision-making or something that you see go wrong for yourself on a consistent basis? I think, uh, so I do a lot of solo queue because i First of all, I'm on the West Coast and most of my friends are East Coast. So when I'm playing at night, they're not available. Um, but also, uh, there a lot of them are higher level than I am. So it doesn't really make sense to queue together. So what happens is solo queuing really can get into your head. Um, because what happens is you start... So like if you're in voice with somebody, you have like an inherent trust. Um, if they make a mistake, you can, you know, verify... Well, not verify, but you, you understand that, it, you know, it's a mistake. But when you're playing with you know, random people online, you have like no communication besides basically, you know, quick chat, uh, you start losing trust for your teammates to a point where you might end up not having trust for someone you've never played with. Like it takes time to, in the game, to build up trust with that person because, uh, you know, it's just something that happens when you don't really communicate with them much. So mm-hmm. I think a big thing is, yeah, um, especially if I, I have, so I have Bacchus mod on, which shows MMRs. If I get matched with somebody who's, like, you know, sometimes it can be over 100 MMR difference, um, lower or higher, really. Um, that could really change my perception. So I think what happens is I end up not trusting teammates and going for stuff when I shouldn't. Or being in a situation where hmm, I should trust him on this, but I really shouldn't. Like, I should be there to make sure that if he doesn't get the touch, it would, you know, not be disastrous. And so that that situation where I don't know whether my positioning is good because I don't, you know, I'm not really sure what they're going to do. That sort of stuff is... Um, a, a classic mistake just because of solo queue. Um, and that's the big one where I'm like, hmm, you know, that's a, a tough one to like, there's a right, I guess there's a right decision in that situation, but it's not as clear as a lot of, you know, if like, if you're, you know, if you encroach too much and you triple committed on a ball, it's pretty obvious what went wrong there. But if you weren't sure whether or not to trust your teammate and they ended up whiffing, is it your fault? You don't really know. So that's something that I, I really need to work on. I think playing again, playing with people consistently um, you get used to their play style and it makes this a little bit easier. So I would say if you can avoid solo queue, uh, you probably should. In a perfect world. In a perfect world. Yeah. There, there would be no such thing. Yeah. But you know, unfortunately. <laughs> what season was your first season in GC? Uh, nine. Okay. So I'm pretty late. And pff, I mean, some of us still haven't made it there, so <laughs> you're doing just fine. Uh, how long, when did you start playing the game? I played it like the first week it came out. So oh. it, it was uh, it was a little bit interesting because I think uh, somebody, I remember this very distinctly, somebody posted it on Reddit. They posted about Rocket League. They're like, oh, this, you know, I don't know if it was in, I don't know if I was still subscribed to the gaming subreddit, which by the way is a mistake. Um, <laughs> they, used, <laughs> they, were, they were like, hmm, this new game came out and it's, you know, 
it's a successor and it's car soccer. And I was like, okay, that looks interesting, but whatever. And then my brother, so this was my freshman year of college. My brother bought me the game. He bought it. He bought both the game and he was like, we should play together. And I was like, cool. So this was when there wasn't even, was there even hoops? I don't remember. I don't think no, so. Not no, not at the beginning. Late, right. So what happened was we would, we played, I guess we just played casual. And um, of course I was terrible. And he kind of lost interest, but I was like, hmm, this is a, they have a competitive ranking system, which by the way, I, I never like any competitive game I get like addicted to. So this one was uh, obviously pretty bad because it's been four years or so. Um, so we, I was like, hmm, maybe this would be really fun to, you know, I really enjoyed when I played it. I'm like, hmm, there was a competitive system. People, I can really improve. Like it would be really fun. It's car soccer. What could, what's there not to like? So um, I ended up playing a bunch. I was like, I think I was, first season i was gold three right on the edge i think i was top there used to be a ranking uh, website i'm trying to remember i was like really close to platinum um which at the time was in case anybody doesn't know was the highest rank that was top 100 so i got i was like pretty good in the beginning but then you know i was in school it was my first year i kind of had other things to do so i wasn't able to keep up with that um, and I, you know, really didn't have time to grind it as much. I didn't really have a reason either. It's like, I didn't, I didn't really want to go pro. I had other things, other aspirations. So, um, mm-hmm. kind of fell off, uh, seasons two through eight, I guess. Um, and then what happened was, uh, I think season six, which was 2017, um, I saw on Reddit that one of my uh, someone at my school was starting a rocket league team um mm. and they wanted players and i'm like well i'm like decent <laughs> and by decent at that time it was diamond three but i was like hey you know what? i'm okay like i know there's a lot of people that are probably worse and there's a lot of people that are probably better but i wanted i want to see because it'd be fun i like esports i had played uh team fortress 2 um which by the way i was w- listening to the first episode and it was funny that turtle said he also played tf2 um so i, I had played like in an esports team before and I liked it. So I was like, hey, you know, I'm not bad at this game. I'll, I'll go join. Um, so what happened with that is we ended up, well, they they were so much better than me. I was like the third sub. Uh, so I didn't end up getting uh, any like credit for this, but they went on the team of three with two subs to win the first CRL, the college oh, national wow. championship. Um, again, I, I really don't care because I wasn't going to be playing at all. I mean, none of the subs played anyway, but um it was like it was like literally just the six of us at the time, which was awesome. So they ended up going on to win and um, really brought attention from the school. And so the school, um, there was a couple of esports programs at the time. I think uh, UC UCI and a couple other schools had had like full on esports programs. So they, um, so a couple of people at the school decided to combine a few teams. I mean, there was like a League of Legends club. There was a few other schools, uh, school clubs, and they combined them to an esports club. And they really started pushing the administration to create a team um, and support them. So uh, they pushed pretty much through 2017 into early 2018. And they finally got like official sanctioned approval of uh, like a club team. So, I mean, again, if you're familiar with how club sports works at schools, but they're like unofficial official, they're not like varsity level, right? But they're ones that the school supports, gives them funding um, and they play against other schools and it's a, it's a good way. It's a little bit more competitive than just intramural and you can, so they, they created a club esports team and they started with six, uh, six games. And one of those was rocket league. So I was like, I was having a good time cause I was like, all right, well, you know, they'll have multiple teams. I'm sure I can get on one. Like I'm not so good, but I think this would be a really fun experience. Cause I really was not a person that played sports. Um, and anytime in high school or even in college. So they, uh, they started tryouts and um, I was pretty bad, but I was, I was good enough to not be on the lowest team. I was just slightly better and I ended up on the, like the B team. And so it ended up being me and uh, two of my friends. Um, uh, we didn't know each other much before that, but we, um, we were all around like champ at the time, like champ one. And of course, now that you have a team and you have, you know, the school behind you and you're, you know, officially there, you have a coach. It's like, all right, now we, now we can grind. So we, played hundreds of hours uh throughout the early 2018 into um into 2019 and um we ended up grinding yeah so we hit gc in like january or february 
um, most of us. Um, and I mean, of course, the team above us was GC for since like season two when it came out. But um, we, you know, kind of put ourselves out there and, and spent a lot of time playing together and um, and did that. So it was really did fun. Did you play against that other team a lot? The A team? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, in the beginning, no, because they were way, way better. I mean, they were, again, they were GC and we were like all champ one. And that, if, sure. you, if you've ever played that sort of matchup, it's, it's, yeah, it's not fun uh, because it's just, you know, <laughs> these people have played, you know, probably a, at least a thousand hours more than you have. And it's like, what's the point? So uh, that didn't happen. No, we didn't play them, start playing them until probably earlier, like March or April of this year. Um, and then we were actually like pretty not even, but they would still win most games, but we were much closer than the beginning. So, yeah. What would you say are the differences between, like, when you guys started playing together? Because this is, I mean, this is pretty recent for you still. So what what changed for you as a player from going from Champ 1 to GC? As a team or just all, like... Individually. Individually? Because I'm sure, I mean, there are probably people listening to this that play with the same people consistently, but me being the host and selfish, <laughs> I do a lot of solo queuing. So I'm curious, just like for you as an individual, what did you change that got you to the next level? Yeah, so I don't think it was, um, I don't think it was anything, Any, it was obviously not anything one thing in particular. I think sure. um, the motivation of having the team um, to, to work for, I mean, we were all kind of, it was, it was unspoken, but we were all kind of competitive about it, um, about our ranks. So that was another thing is that it, it became not just competitive to, you know, competitive Rocket League. It was competitive competing against your, you know, friends to, to mm. you know, improve. Um, and so that combined with having like a, you know, a, somewhat of a structure of a team. Um, and at the time we were playing in the collegiate uh, Rocket League Open because we were not good enough to get into the league play. Uh, they... Um, that, that having weekly matches, um, having a schedule, having coaching, um, was part of it. I think most of the coaching focused on team, uh, like team chemistry and stuff like that. But, um, so not a lot on like individual mechanics, um, not until much later. So a lot of it was up to us to figure out what to do and what it boiled down to was just play a lot. I mean, at the time I was in the middle, like I said, I was in the middle of, releasing calculated which is funny that it ended up working like that you can see um on my github where the uh the commits go all the way down once you released i was like all right we're released i can go back to playing this game <laughs> and, and i put in oh my goodness i think i wasn't even at a thousand hours um i think i was at 700 hours when i started with this um which i thought was a lot at the time and now it's been like now i'm to like 1800 so put in a lot of time um you know you could play with consistent people. You don't always have to. Um, and it's really just like, nobody's going to get GC. Okay. Maybe, maybe not nobody, because there's going to be some weird people that do this, but nobody's going to get GC in like 500 hours. I mean, no one's going to get GC really in a thousand hours, unless you're a season three uh, GC. Um, <laughs> Cause I actually remember a guy on Reddit who said, Oh, I got it in like 900 hours. But then he, he, he was like, check my flare. And it says season three GC. So um, not to throw shade at him, but, that sort of stuff, it's it just it's a lot of dedication um, and just time spent. And if you're you gotta make sure you're enjoying it though. Um, and that was a big thing. I think that my mentality through that was pretty good. Um, because you know, you can you could see yourself improving every day. You, you know, especially at that time, it was pretty easy to if you put the time in to move up from champ one to GC. I mean, moving from GC to high GC to be a pro is a it's just it's a lot harder in that you have less people to play against and it's not as you know i don't know how to say it but like objective you know it's a lot of yeah it's it's a lot harder i'd say but if as you're moving up from champ one to gc you see a lot more um you know there's a lot more milestones you can you know different divisions different mm -hmm. ranks um you're starting to hit things that you're practicing that sort of stuff it's really motivating um yeah so when you were at champ one and I guess your situation is a little different because you weren't playing a lot and then you started playing more and kind of just went through all the way up to GC. But did you ever hit any roadblocks or did you ever, was there ever a point that you were like, 
what do I do now to get better? Like I, I'm here and I just feel like I'm stuck here. I don't know what to do. Oh, was that it, did you? Yeah, that was a thing that happened. Uh, <laughs> like I think I was. I remember my struggle. So I was. This was three years into the game. I was not really. Yeah, you know, again, I didn't spend a lot of time into it, but it was still really frustrating because I was always on the edge of Diamond Three. Um, and I remember that was when Solo Standard was still a thing. Like people still played it. Um, and. I just, I was, it was like a huge roadblock because I, I just, I didn't spend a ton of time. Like I'd play once in a while, but I was, I was always like, oh, I want those champ rewards or like, I don't have champ rewards until like really late in the season. It's really, it's really funny. Um, so what happened was every time I'd play, it feel like there's this huge roadblock. Like I just never get to champ. Um, and I think what, again, it's, it's, it's a very subjective thing. There's not a lot of times where there is something that's, objectively stopping you from ranking up. I mean, you can make minor improvements and everything and, and shoot up a lot. Um, you're not going to, you know, if you, a lot of people focus on mechanics at low ranks, thinking that'll get them there. That's not true. You really have to be a well-rounded player. Um, like for me, like I say, I'm bad at mechanics. I would say I'm bad as in, I'm not like, you know, some of those crazy flip resetters or any, any of those. It's people. so relative, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say in, in terms of if there's a, like skill distribution in terms of mechanical skill at like my rank, I would definitely be on the lower 50%, but that doesn't mean that, you know, I, I, you know, can't do, I can occasionally do flicks. I can occasionally like hit a ceiling shot or I can do double taps pretty well, that sort of stuff. Um, and I, you know, it's not actively stopping me. I think what a lot of people focus on is if I can, you know, hit a, a ceiling shot or a flip reset goal, then I'll instantly rank up to champ. It's like, no, because a lot of the times there's other things holding you back. That's most of what yeah. people have trouble with is not realizing that, you know, if your positioning is terrible, it doesn't matter how many goals you score, that the other team's going to score a lot more because you're not in the right place at the right time. Um, so the biggest thing was, you know, not focusing on one issue. Now, at, the, at in a certain area, you know, there might be uh, room for a lot of improvement in a short period of time. Um, I remember distinctly, there was one time that this is where coaching helped um, we would go through replays and like watch them and see what happened, like what went wrong. And, um, the coach was like, you guys always like rotate back. And even if you had like 90 boosts, you'd grab the full boost. And that's like on, on your own side, when you're on defense, that's a terrible idea. Cause what happens is now the boost is not available for your teammates. Like we would, we noticed then when he said that, like we were always out of boost and the simple mm. fix there, which was a big improvement was like pick up small pads and just like focus on managing your boost. And again, this was before calculated really existed. So I wouldn't be able to look at it. Not that I'm here just to shill, but <laughs> you know, that's sort of thing. Uh, the, you know, there's and no, what's up? I will say that one of the, one of the funniest things that I like looking at is wasted boost. And this is again on calculated and it's such a cool stat wasted boost from large boost pickups. So like how much you waste when you pick up a large boost and then also uh, wasted boost, like using boost when you're uh, supersonic. It blows my mind how some how much boost people waste at my level at champ one when they're supersonic. So I feel like again, small plug. I'm happy to do it. <laughs> Check that out because that could be you. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm gonna be a little cautious with the supersonic one because um, it's sometimes it's uh, useful if you're doing an aerial, but. Um, so, for instance, the pros will have wasted boost in supersonic because of an aerial, but um, uh. but yeah. So that one can be sometimes misleading depending on. I think at a low level, it's a good statistic. At high levels, really probably not as useful. But the the boost pickup is a big one that a lot of people don't realize. Like yeah, you you're taking this boost away from your teammate. Like you're actively detrimenting your team if you do that. So it's a good mm -hmm. thing. Um, so yeah, so, you yeah, know, that was a big thing that, it, that I, I noticed and then we were able to incorporate in my gameplay. And that's something I still actively think about because it was such a profound moment of, wow, this is something that's so simple that I just didn't even think about. Um, and that you could call that a roadblock. Sure. Um, but like I said, it's not really like one thing that feels like, I mean, sometimes it feels like it, like, oh, you know, I'm missing these arrows or whatever, but you don't realize that it's, it's a lot, you know, a lot more complicated than just that one issue that's holding you back. So um, some of it, like I said, comes with playing a lot. Um, that's just something you have to do. But um, 
you know, I think doing training packs is really useful. Um, and watching videos, I think uh, there's a lot of great content creators on YouTube um, that do that. There's uh, a lot of, well, uh, there used to be a lot of posts on the subreddit um, that they still have stuff on the wiki in terms of like different, you know, mechanical moves that you can learn and like what levels you should be learning them at. Um, that sort of stuff. I think there's, if you really, really want to improve, um, that's the way to go. You can still improve by playing the game. Just make sure that you're like having fun with it because there's the, nothing worse than like playing a game just because you're frustrated and actively having a bad time because I've definitely done that before. <laughs> yeah. What would you say are some of the biggest um, like shots that would translate into training packs or something of that nature that you feel have helped you the most in that transition from champ one to GC? Um, so if I understood you right, I guess the biggest things have been hitting the top area of the goal. <laughs> um, I used to be really bad at that where I would either bang it off the, cr the crossbar or the backboard or um, because I knew I couldn't do it, I would just hit it low and I would always get saved. So I think mm -hmm. the big thing that people need to work on is if there's even an easy shot, like there's some relatively like the rolling training packs, that sort of stuff where the ball is just coming at you, try to hit it into the corners because um, those are really hard to save. Um, and that and hitting it to the opposite side of the, um, the goal. So a lot of people uh, at a low level will hang near the... Um, low level i mean like literally everybody ever um besides maybe pros <laughs> hangs out at the uh the front post which is not a good decision by the way but they hang out at the front post or mm. at least a little bit farther than you know exactly on the back post so what happens is you want to hit it you want to try to hit it behind them so i think that just generally placing the ball where you want it and placing it in a position where it's difficult for the defenders so like i said maybe that's the top you know top half of the goal or if you're on the right side of the goal, the left side, that sort of stuff, just placing it so it's more difficult for people to get to it. Because um, placement is a big thing. Like you could have an like you can have a not open net, but you could still hit like the shot because you're good at placing the ball. So I think just focusing on that, not just scoring, because in in free play and in training packs, there's no restriction on where you can put the ball in the net. You can just hit it straight into the center, which will work in an open net situation, but a lot of the time that's not how it works. So Focusing on where you're placing it is, uh, I'd say, the biggest biggest thing you can improve on in shooting. Mm -hmm. How much time do you spend in free play working on different things? Okay, so I feel like that's two separate questions. Or because I... how, much, <laughs> how much time did you spend in free play? Yeah, so... Let's just talk about free play. Go. Yeah, so uh, a lot of the time I would, like I said, I would get too into the game or get frustrated with it if i played too much and wasn't doing well so i would just but still had the itch to play and work on something so i would play i would i would just like you know if i'm like watching a show or something just mess around and free play um so i would say i spent a lot of time on that just because i would you know not want to bother with online for a bit um but in terms of actually practicing stuff um not as much as i'd like to i'd say that I would, I, I'd probably spend more time working on stuff in training packs than I did in free play. Uh, just because it's a little bit more difficult to, especially before Bacchus Mod added all those extra features where you could like, you know, knock the ball off the back wall or, you know, pass it to yourself. Um, mm -hmm. It was a little difficult to, you know, set yourself up for any like sort of good shots or, or difficult shots using free play only. Like if you want to go for ceiling shots or flip resets like that, that's perfect. You can do that in free play. But any sort of like passing plays or real backboard shots, um, like any sort of angle is difficult to do. So, yeah, no, I don't do a ton of it. Um, I don't do a ton of training in free play at all. So it's been mostly training packs for you. Yeah, if I'm not playing the game actively, if I'm training, then it's usually a pack. Um, okay, so then I, I would I would strongly agree with you in terms of being able to, I think, not just the idea of hitting it. I, I think what really helped me, uh, because I would say that my touches have gotten better and I was act I just lost a game that I was not happy to lose before we started recording this. And I noticed that two, two times in a row I hit an aerial, uh, 
what I would consider very poorly. Like I flew a little too high and then hit it with the middle of my car and ended up hitting it down when it would have been much more beneficial to, I hit it down into an opponent as opposed to like hitting it on the bottom and hitting it up. Um, so I think taking that to another level, not just like trying to under, like trying to hit the ball, you know, into the top upper 90, but also like understanding depending on where the ball is and how it, bouncing and where it's going like what it will take to get the ball there does that make sense oh definitely yes like because it, it's not just like a all of a sudden you unlock your car and it can do it like it's a physics-based game like you have to understand what you're doing to like be able to do it yep i think so a big, like a big piece people miss are um like understanding where to hit the ball like on the ball and also where to hit the ball on the car like yes, it, it, different hitboxes have different spots where, I mean, we saw it today and um, yeah, today in EU RLCS, there was, um, rather this is Sunday, um, there was a Fruity hit a really, really fast shot. Um, there's like a, a specific spot on the Octane that you can get a lot of power on. Um, so hitting stuff like that, um, there's a lot of like micro improvements you can make on your gameplay, just knowing where in on the car to hit the ball where on the ball to hit the ball and also um like timing like when to flip that sort of stuff mm -hmm. these are like yep. little things that apply to everything that you're doing in the game um which is most of it is hitting the ball um so a lot of it is really important and that's something that people don't focus on they just focus on can i get the flip reset but not you know where am i hitting the the ball when i get the flip reset like where am i getting power on it am i you know going for a change up um, that sort of stuff. So that's definitely a big piece I'd say. Yeah. So I agree. And I, I think that is where like a, a training pack would be, um, really beneficial is being able to really just over and over and over again, not just like mindlessly hitting the ball, but like, okay, I, I know I can hit that harder. And once I can hit it harder, I know that instead of just hitting it straight, I want to hit it to that corner. So I'm going to hit it hard to that corner 10 times. And then I'm going to hit it hard to that, the other corner 10 times and understanding the, excuse me, I'm getting emotional about this. <laughs> um, uh, understanding the differences of what that looks like and what it feels like so that when you get into a game, you know, you're thinking about doing it in a certain way, not just hitting the ball for the sake of hitting the ball. Yep. Yep. I think, um, the big thing is the training is the time to really think about it. Um, I mean, for regular rank, it's not a big deal, but, um, a lot of times in games, you're going to want to leave it up to your kind of autopilot. Um, like you don't want to be actively thinking about, um, the situations you're in constantly because that will affect the way you play. Um, it might be good for improvement, but if you want to, you know, play well, you leave it up to your autopilot. So take the time in training and really think about what you're doing. And like you said, um, you could, you use the, uh, it, the repetitive nature of the training pack to, you know, mix up what you're doing, see what the results are. And then as you're doing it more and more, you, you're kind of cementing it. So when it comes to a gameplay situation that looks the same, you're able to just muscle memory automatically do it. Um, so mm -hmm. definitely, yeah, definitely do not underestimate the power of training. <laughs> no, not at all. So, uh, speaking of training, and I think this is a big part of training and a reason that I, uh, love your website so much is that I can watch replays anywhere. Like I can watch them on my phone. I can watch them like anywhere that I'm at, which I really appreciate. Um, so as somebody with a tool that you've created that is excellent for watching replays. Uh, what what would you suggest are some things that people could look at or look for when watching replays to like figure oh that's a consistent mistake I make or how how did you look at replays with your team and with your coach to to learn about uh, little changes that you could make in your decision making in your positioning and things of that nature. Uh, I think a big thing is um, using like a field overview so you can see um, where you guys are located um, on the field. That's something that's kind of hard to, you can't get instantly get that information when you're playing the game because you're, you know, you usually have ball cam on, you're focused on the ball. 
Um, you can look around, but again, that's something that not a lot of, I don't know if high level players do it. I certainly don't do it enough. Um, you know, using a swivel cam. So you really have mm-hmm. to trust where your teammates are at all times, um, you through communication or otherwise. And so an overview of just looking at in, you know, every situation in a situation where you're at the advantage in a situation where everybody's low on boost, where are you guys located on the field? Where, um, like is, you know, are there certain people that always push up farther? Cause that was what was happening is, um, for me, per, like personally in the beginning, I was really bad about being aggressive. Uh, cause like I said, I was not confident in my mechanical abilities. I, I, the other two would just go up and do whatever. And I would just like sit not even the halfway line, but like b- past the halfway line thinking, <laughs> okay, well, especially at that level, it was like, they would just kind of, you know, you just boom it out. Like that's what you try to do. So I would be like, all right, if they hit it to me, I can hit it back in and like, there we go. Problem solved. But what happened was as we started to get better and play better teams, they just wouldn't boom it out because they'd be like, well, there's nobody here to stop me. I'm just going to dribble it. And then I just lose the dribble because I'm not a ones player. So what happened was that sort of stuff was really obvious when I was watching the replays, I we'd see them push up really hard and I'd just be like, well, I think they're pushing too hard. I'm just going to try to like compensate. So looking at that and then looking on defense, um, yeah, where people are located, if you're making sure somebody's all the way in the back uh, at the back post at, at all times um, and how you're rotating on defense. Cause that's something that people don't, um, really think about much. Um, a lot of the times the, the rotation is focused on attack, um, you know, making sure that you're coming in and grabbing boosts and stuff like that. But the defensive rotation is really important too. So use that, use like an overview um, to, to look at that sort of stuff. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing that we looked at in replays. Um, and then there was a couple like, you know, going through and looking at a couple mechanical mistakes and making sure you can go back in, you know, fix those. Like I was really bad at, hitting the ball hard, like, uh, like what I talked about right now, where, um, you know, where to hit the ball on the car, um, and where to hit the ball on the ball, um, that sort of stuff where you can make sure you get maximum power when you need it. Um, I mean, maximum power isn't always good, but you know, a lot of the times it's, it's better than, you know, lightly hitting it. So that was something I would need to work on. That was something that we would go through and look at the clears that I had and they just weren't good. They weren't going to my teammates. They weren't, they were kind of just week and going to the other team and that was something that i was like okay well this is a something that's kind of affecting my entire gameplay it was a symptom of something larger which was that i wasn't getting the hits that i wanted so those two things i think um are big enough i think it's it's going to be difficult without another person to go through your own gameplay and um and see all the mistakes but it's definitely important to like if you really want to improve if you watch your replays over you will see mistakes because now you don't have to focus on playing as much. You can just watch. If you, even if you pretend like it's somebody else playing, you will see that you make some dumb mistakes and then you can kind of keep a mental tally and see which ones are the most prominent and which ones cost you. And, um, and you use that to, to, to work on it. Cause that was what the coach would do is go through each individual person. And, um, and especially he would have, he would have the entire team there and we'd go through one by one. So you would get a little bit of, of embarrassment, but it was very effective in seeing that, okay, this was not a good touch or whatever. So take the time and, and look through and you'll see um, plenty of things you can work on. And last question, has there been anything, uh, and I'll say it again, I, I really appreciated using your site. Have you heard anything from other people that use your site on a consistent basis about ways that they've been able to improve their game um, that they might not have, like, what are, what are some of the other like cool benefits that people have gotten out of it, uh, that you might not have even thought of? Um, that's a good question. Initially we developed it as a, um, it wasn't really meant to be an an improvement tool. Um, what happened was we kind of developed it to just, I don't know, it was, it was just something, a cool way to visualize the games that we had. And at the time, a lot of it was focused on esports, um, which is what I, I talked about briefly, right? That the, um, a lot of the stats were originally based on the you know RLCS. So the 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 concept of using it for coaching, which is what a lot of people use it nowadays for, um, is something that was relatively new when it came out. Even though it did attract a lot of people initially, um, so we we kind of got the idea. But what happened was um, we've been getting yeah we've been getting suggestions um, from people. Um, I know a bunch of a bunch of pro players have used it, um, and their their coaches 
and they've talked about how um so the the like the stats portion isn't like i said it's it's not a it's objective in the sense that it's the numbers but it doesn't objectively tell you the whole story you you sure. can't just look at the numbers and be like okay well this you know tells me everything like you can't look at possession and and just say well this i mean you can kind of look at it and say okay i know why this team won but you can't just diagnose all the problems so it requires a trained eye i think the fact that people use it as a supplement is something that we didn't foresee at all um like supplement to an actual coach because at the time i wasn't playing competitively when i was starting it um and the other two guys were certainly not playing competitive so what happened was it kind of just blossomed to something that is a um is beneficial for you know teams that have this structure have this coach and the the, the great thing is that we've gotten a lot of feedback um in that arena and that's something i've um i've been working on developing and making a little bit easier for coaches to use the site so we originally didn't have a replay viewer um that was a big undertaking and we just i didn't have the skill set we had to enlist the help of a, a couple amazing people that were very skilled in the 3d space i don't understand it but um the replay viewer is insane i just want to say that the it's crazy yeah it's amazing they do magic i don't know how that works but they do it um because it's it's all run in the browser and everything it's full, like full where did you find those guys uh, one of them happened to be at my school which is really funny I didn't know him before this, but he heard about, he liked Rocket League. Um, he heard about it. He joined the esports uh, club Discord that we had. And um, then he heard about my site and he joined and he's like, this is really cool. Um, I think we could use a replay viewer. And then he was like, well, I, I've done a bunch of like the programming for similar stuff so I can take a crack at it. And he did like 99% of the work. And then everybody That's else crazy, came in and man. finished it up. Um, and, you know, added a bunch of new features and stuff like that. So, um, there's a bunch more stuff coming for that too. It's absolutely insane. I, I can't, I'm not going to spoil f- it, but they've, they've come up with some crazy stuff. So keep an eye out. Um, I'm it's, it's like watching the actual game. Yeah. I'm just, I'm blown. I'm just blown away by how you can do it. And then being able to watch from each individual person's point of view, like other different angles. It's just, it's crazy. Like I don't. I only save replays of games that I want a specific shot in, which doesn't even matter because it's still uploaded to your site, but I can still, I can, I don't save replays anymore because I know they're just going to be viewable on your site. Yeah. Yeah. I only save them. Um, I'm going to be honest nowadays, if, if a uh, your game isn't working <laughs> and I have to, I save yeah. the replay so I can go back and record the clip. Because besides that, yeah, I can just go back on and, and download stuff. Um, but no, the big thing that I was, the point I was getting to was um, we want to make the coaching experience a little bit easier. Um, so we've been working with a couple, like uh, coaches at my school, coaches, um, I, again, I won't mention any names, but um, in some professional teams and just getting input on what they would like, like to see in terms of coaching tools, um, mm-hmm. because that's something that we're passionate about. I mean, we love the esports community and, and, you know, making it easier for teams to get better is always a good thing. So well, the big thing that we're working on for the replay viewer is, um, being able to draw on the map, like, like, in Ooh, my God. like, you know, you know, you see those like on, on TV and like football, yeah. I don't remember, American football, um, they, you know, they draw on the, or they have their tablets and they're drawing on the field. And it's, it's the only thing I remember where the drawing is really important. Um, personally but that would be crazy yeah so something like that um because right now what and i went through the same process it opened my eyes um for coaching what happens is um the coach opens up the replay in game and then has to screen share on discord or whatever um i don't think they can even stream but whatever so they got to stream it to their their players and the quality is not great and then they you know it's the one view that the coach is showing and, the, you know, the players can't even, you have to go one player at a time. You can't even focus on your own gameplay if they're looking at somebody else. And it just wasn't a very pleasant experience because um, a lot of these mm-hmm. coaches, I mean, work remotely. I mean, you're not going to, it's not like an actual, you know, sports team where everybody's in the same place. For a lot of people, that's not the case. So having this, the ability to do this collaborative coaching is um, something we're passionate about. So um, that's, that's something I'm looking forward to because that would be really cool and I think really useful for coaches. That would be wild. I look, I mean, I just look forward to seeing the, the progress 
you guys do have a discord by the way so uh anyone out there listening um if you get to the site and you're enjoying using it um i will happily plug that they have a discord um i mean i'm sure you don't want just endless amounts of like do this do this do this but they're open to ideas um and feedback on the website uh and they also do have a patreon account set up uh that you can get to from the website i am happily uh, a patron for these guys i use this thing so much uh, I am happy to give them the little bit that I can to support the cause because I am so very grateful for what you do. Um, so thank you for that. But as we begin to close out, I allow or I, I invite my guests to do two things. The first being just any closing thoughts that you might have uh, for those people that are out there chasing Grand Champ or even, you know, being able to push beyond grand champ any final thoughts that you might have um so i'll I'll let you take the floor on that one sure uh i think the big thing is just reiterating that um uh, motivation is really important so um you know you probably have a reason to uh for wanting to get better whether it's to like go pro or you know feel like you're playing more competitively so like focus on that and the big thing is just have fun with the game um, I could say personally, like I usually would not get annoyed at video games very much, uh, but there are many times where if you're not actively having fun, like what's the point? Um, and I think that could be said for a lot of things, but especially for video games, which the point is to have fun. Um, so especially if you're, you're not doing it for a living, it's not something that's, you know, so important that it's, you know, going to overtake your life. Like in the moment, it might feel really important, but if you're not enjoying it, like step back, take a break. And like take your crack at it later because um, it's not going to be worth it. So definitely make sure again your mentality is really important. And also, yeah, in the in the same realm, just don't overdo it. Um, so yeah, those I think those are the like three big points. Is just you know make sure you're focused on what you want and uh, have fun. Nice. And then uh, I give my guests the opportunity to ask a question of everybody that listens. Um, I, uh, I'm so torn. Well, anyways, if you want to ask a question of everybody out there that listens to the show, what would that be? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say um, I would ask as a like, I wouldn't say content creator, but um, as somebody who like actively creates stuff for the community, um, like what kind of, what kind of stuff would you like to see from the community? So um, I know that there's a lot of content creators on YouTube um, and they put out, you know, different types of videos. There's, um, there's also people that put out more competitive oriented stuff. So like, think about what kind of, especially since, you know, this podcast is about getting better. What, what kind of content would you like that would uh, improve your ability to get better and also just make it a more pleasant experience? Um, I think that's something that's a little lacking in pretty much everywhere. Um, like for instance, Rocket League is a little bit weird because we don't have a really a meta or anything like that. Um, you know, you have we like other games. You have like an item build, or in every patch, the meta changes. But Rocket League is kind of quantitative. Uh, it's not quantitative as much as League of Legends or other games like that. So, like, what are you looking for in terms of getting better? Because I hear a lot from the, you know, from the top, from the pros and all that, because they're the most vocal. Um, but you know, in terms of you know tools and stuff like that, um, what kind of stuff are you looking for? And if you have any ideas, like I said, we're all open to it um so let me know <laughs> that's what i would say <laughs> nice and and if somebody actually wants to get in touch with you about that where would you or what kind of online things would you like to plug and uh, put there out in the world for people to know about sure so i don't use twitter uh, but we do have a twitter account for calculated um that is somewhat semi-active um so that's uh twitter.com slash calculated underscore gg because we couldn't get anything else uh, that was the closest we could get 
And um, that is, that's one big thing. Like we, we, we have um, a lot of opportunities for people to uh, let us know what they want. Um, it doesn't even have to be related to the site. Uh, we do a lot of like spinoff projects. So if you have any ideas for stuff that you want to, you want to see, um, we run like hackathons and stuff like that. So anyone in the community can get involved. Um, if you have something Rocket League related that you think somebody would like really run with an idea, if you have that idea, then just uh, let us know. Also join our Discord. We have suggestion areas. We have general discussion. I mean, it's not a crazy busy Discord, so oh, we're happy to see anybody like stop in and, and let us know what they think. So um, we're, yeah, so we're, we're really just here to improve the community and work on stuff that's interesting for us and interesting for everybody else. So anything's a possibility. So yeah, Twitter or Discord. They always say hello too. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's thing that carried over from Arlbot. <laughs> they say hello to everybody. And it gets really hard when like Sunless Khan releases a video on Arlbot and like six hundred people join in an hour. It's a little bit hard, but they, <laughs> they do their best. So be prepared. Cool. Well, uh again, you know, I I feel like I'm I've been really hitting the jackpot with just sending random people about joining me on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I hope that uh, you enjoyed this as much as I did. Uh, I think it has been a real pleasure. Uh, and again, you know, go register on calculated.gg. <laughs> Start uploading your replays. Give them your money Woo. because it's just, it's really enjoy. It's just, it's a great website. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> and you should love it too. Cool. Um, so Sai, thank you again for joining me. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, I will see you in the discord. I'm sure very soon. Definitely. All right. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Don't close the website. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Because uh, last time somebody did that, I think